1: So a lot of great things happening here, and I'm going to invite everybody to either open up your Bible or your Bible app, or if you're watching online or even here in person, you can direct your attention to the screen if you don't have a Bible with you or conveniently available to you. Open that up to the book of John chapter 20. And i want to give you a little bit of a heads up right now. So if you missed what I happened to preach last week, I will encourage you to go back and watch it. Today what I'm going to do is for about five to seven minutes give you a recap of what I preached last week. Because it's kind of like a, it just turned out to be a series that I wasn't anticipating becoming a series. And I'm going to wrap it up today. So if you didn't get a chance to watch all of that, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch that. Well, resurrection sunday and i wish everybody a happy easter at the conclusion of our worship experience we'll have our final act of worship we have a beautiful photo booth outside and games just come on and hang out with us for a little bit it's a great time to hit shoulders and touch feet and all that kind of stuff all right john 20 look at verse 1 early on sunday morning while it was still dark that's how you know it was early Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. That's how bad Jesus messed death up. The stone was not even around. Praise God. She she was befuddled. And look, she ran and found Simon Peter. I mean, that's how bad he messed death up. She goes and she finds Simon Peter and the other disciple, who is John, the one whom Jesus loved. John just being extra. She said, and when he says, he often refers to himself as the one that Jesus loves. Anyway, she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked and then saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus's head was folded up and lying apart from other wrappings. And I want to preach the second part of the fragrance of hope the fragrance of hope. Before we're seated, I just want to pray. I just want to ask God to have his way. It's been so good to feel his presence right now. Our band has done an outstanding job lifting him up. Why don't you just lift your hands with me and let's pray. Father, I'm asking in Jesus' name. You know who needs this word. Uh, I know I need it. I'm just praying that you would speak to every heart. Every person that's watching online, I'm so grateful for them, and I'm also grateful for those that are here in person. I pray that you would speak to us, that you'd anoint me with the type of anointing that makes ministry effective. Help me to preach and teach your word with passion. God, give us strength. Do what you want to do, and we'll give you the glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today, I bring you Easter tidings. Today I'm going to share with you what I believe is resurrection news. Jesus Christ is alive and well. He is not a God who is dead. He is a God who can turn your world upside down. He is a God who is available. He is a God who is here and is present. He is in this building today. And because he is here, hope is here. Today we rejoice for the one who came out of the grave nearly two millennials ago. Jesus raised himself from the dead. He rose from the dead according to Luke. John said he rose again on the third day. Paul said he rose from the dead. Christ rose, the rose of Sharon. The lily of the valley became the lily. Of Easter. I'm telling you he is alive and well and Christians all over are celebrating that and those that have received his spirit know what I'm talking about because that resurrection power is alive in you. Is there anybody that's thankful for the Spirit of God today? Is there anybody that knows he is alive and well? It's not just the same but he's alive on the inside because you who are once dead in sin, God filled you with his spirit. Is there afternoon hallelujah praise god it's my hope it's my passion today by the grace of god to introduce you to a fragrance that is absolutely out of this world i'll give you a quick recap if you open up the covers of this book there's fragrance in it (laughs) that will not pass away If you skim the pages, there's a fragrance that will grab you. If you pass and skim through the pages and begin to stare at the text, there's an aroma that will fill your nostrils. I'm telling you, this Bible is full of hope. It's full of hope. And today I want you to know hope is here. Last week I shared In the 45th Psalm I preached from a text, verse 8, I want you to see the verse. It says, all your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia. Praise God. This excites me. I, I wish, I wish to the sweet heavens I could take time to unpack all of this. But I want you to consider this with me, okay? Here, the psalmist is foretelling and prophesying about the magnificence of Jesus Christ. And the garments of Jesus Christ were said to possess three specific fragrances. The first fragrance, I preached it last week, was that of myrrh. Now, if you know anything about myrrh, it's really indicative of the love of God. The love of God reaches for us. And Jesus himself was no stranger to myrrh. It was the last gift presented to the infant of Bethlehem by the wise men from the east. And if you remember, it was the last gift given to Jesus on the cross when he sipped from a cup of wine and myrrh. The word myrrh means bitter. So it's bitter to the taste, but Craig, sweet to the smell. That's how the love of God is. (sighs) one tiny piece of myrrh can overwhelm a large room with its fragrance. Now, I'm not talking about a pungent smell. You've had people uh, just studying this has even awakened for me a little passion for a little, little, little spray, praise God. I don't normally wear a cologne. Matter of fact, I just kind of discard the cologne, you know, but since I was preaching, I thought, man, I, mean, I got to get, get, get a little spray out and see what I got, wipe the dust off of. you know, what I'm talking, about. I said, I want to smell good. I said, man, but you know, I thought about it. There's some people who don't know how to wear fragrances. Don't, don't look at anybody else like it's them, but you know, they kind of walk in the room and you're like, oh my God, did they take a bath in it? I mean, I, I just, I want you to smell good, but I don't want to smell like you. I don't want the I don't want the entire I can't even enjoy the dinner. Praise God because you're about to knock me out with your fragrance. Myrrh's not like that though. But just one drop fills the room. That's how the love of God can just tend to overwhelm you like that. You need to know just one drop. (laughs) One drop of blood. Are you hearing me today? One moment in the presence of God can overwhelm you and change you for a lifetime. I'm thankful for the love of God. For the love of God will reach you no matter where you are. The love of God will reach the self righteous and the love of God will reach those who are condemned in their own sin. The love of God will reach those who think they are unlovable. I'm telling you the love of God will reach you no matter where you have been. Drug addict, the love of God will get you. I'm telling you, you've got it all together. The love of God will get you. Institute, the love of God will get you. High school dropout, the love of God will get you. College graduate, the love of God will get you. The love of God will reach wherever you are and get you. It makes no difference where you've been, what you've done, what shall separate us from the love of God. Shall sword, shall famine, shall peril. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. I'm here to preach to somebody this afternoon to let you know God hasn't given up on you. You might have made a mistake, but God has not given up on you. Your mistake is not final. Your failure is not your destiny. God's love is here to let you know it is not over. If you believe that, give him praise. Praise God. This is why I'm so passionate about authentic church and I'm sick and tired of religion You want to know why Christianity isn't turning the world upside down because it's void of power But we have the power and we have the love of God That's why I'm willing to reach anybody who will listen anybody that will come and receive the love of God You know, it's fascinating because I think I've told you all this before graduate degree all-star, 5,000 friends on Facebook, and maybe you got a following on YouTube, or I wanted to say Snapchat. I know I just did, but I haven't researched. Jacqueline ain't trying to help nobody out. I need education on Snapchat. I don't know what you got on Snapchat, but you know what? You can have everything you want. You know, I want you to know God can still use you. But he specializes. He specializes and using ordinary folks, the people who mess up, the people who can't figure it out, the people who don't have a heritage or a legacy, The people who don't feel like they've got purpose. God specializes in using you. The one who thinks you've been overlooked. The one, I'm talking to you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. The one who thinks you can't put two thoughts together and realize that God wants to use you. I'm reaching for you today. The love of God is telling you there is nothing that is in the way. I've removed every obstacle. God is here to love you and encourage you. Praise God. You know what I want us to do? Because I feel the love of God here. And God wants to transform lives. I want us to do something that perhaps you've never even done before, depending upon where you are in your faith journey. But I just want you to kind of lift your hands for a moment and just say, God, I receive your love. Come on, that's it. It's something powerful when you open up your mouth and declare it. Just go ahead and stay there for just another moment and say it again. God, I receive your love. Come on, even if you're watching online, tell them, God, I receive your love. Come on, I receive your love. I'm telling you, change is coming your way. If you would believe it, God's love is going to turn your world upside down. If you're ready for that, clap your hands under him. The second is aloe. See, aloe talks about his love and how it heals. Now, I know you're probably thinking maybe aloe vera, what is this brother talking about? Well, I'm going to explain it to you. This is not that aloe okay this aloe it comes from a tree called aloe's wood and it's actually uh, many today refer to it as eagle's wood nicodemus used a hundred pounds of this in winding the garments around the body of our lord jesus christ and it's known for fragrant properties and they use them as incense so i have anybody that uses incense in the house no man oh just a couple my man, okay my man jason like yeah i use a little incense my growing up i used to use it i you know what And I brought it up to Sarah. I was like, man, I might break out some incense. She was like, no, I'm good. I said, you remember? I said, but didn't you? I said, I used to love the incense. When you come by the house, I had the the incense going. She was like, I I didn't like it. I just didn't tell you. I said, why? I said, dang. I was all excited, man, to break out some incense. Just study. I said, I'm going to break out some incense. She was like, no, you're not. No, I was like, so maybe when you, if you can travel a little bit, you go away. I just break out a little incense. But you know what? It's also known for healing uh, or this medicinal properties. The love of God will heal you. See, the love of God has the ability to, how many of you know, it's a lie when they say, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. I know God can heal a broken finger, but he can heal your broken heart. Praise God, that's what he wants to heal, your wounded spirit. Are you hearing me today? God wants to heal you today. I'm in the Holy Ghost reaching for somebody. God wants to heal you today. The next element that we read in the 45th Psalm verse 8, and I know I'm doing a recap and I need to hurry, is cassia. And cassia is this element, it's from a tree, it's an evergreen in the Middle East, and it's used as one of the principal spices of the anointing oil. And you like I'm talking about it remains. It blooms early in spring, just like right now. And it's much, much like our Lord's love. It just lingers. The aroma just lingers. I don't know if you've ever been in a scenario where you're like, man, it just smells so good. And then you come back, you're like, man, it's still here. Praise God. Y'all, I told y'all last week I have a horrible sense of smell. But you know what? That's what the love of God does. It lingers. His mercy endures forever. His love is everlasting. His compassions fail not. His loving kindness is everlasting. And all of these oils will be mixed together to create the anointing oil. Now, let me just fast forward. Anointing... was a, a hospitable practice back in um, bible days you would come over somebody's house uh and they would anoint you with oil it was a sign of refreshing uh also if you come by somebody's house because it was dirty and dusty uh they'd often wash your feet these were just ceremonial things really that would happen Customary, uh if you will Uh, But what's specific, what I mentioned last week that Mary does is Mary, when she's weeping at the feet of Jesus and she opens up, she breaks open this box of special ointment was so valuable. It was valued at maybe a year's worth of salary. She put it on him and Jesus, the people were like, what is going on? And Jesus is like, wait a second. She's preparing me for my burial. Also what I believe she was doing is she was anointing him and acknowledging he is the Messiah. So the reason why this is important is because in old in the Old Testament when they would anoint a king here's what would happen. Now a king would often be designated or recognized by his attire perhaps maybe by some jewelry if you will, uh, a crown But there was something else that only a king would possess that would let you know distinctively that you were in the presence of a king. And that is the aroma. The aroma of the anointing. See, it lingered, it got in there close, and it didn't leave. And so David experienced this, Solomon experienced this. And I quoted to you you last week how Solomon is riding in on a donkey, and then a thousand years later, Jesus Christ comes in on a donkey, and as he's going into Jerusalem in his triumphant entry, people are like, what is that smell? What is that smell? It's the fragrance of hope. Many of you right now, you, you need to understand you might be up against some things in your life and you're thinking about, man, I have a feeling this might work out. I have, I have, a, I have an idea that everything's going to be okay. I'm telling you, you're catching a whiff of the hope that Jesus Christ brings, the confidence that he brings. And what's interesting is this. I want you to think about the fact that we live in incredibly uncertain times. We're in lockdown. Oh, wait, no, we're not. We're in well here in the region of Peel. We ain't even touched red yet. We like, can we get to red? We we just want to get to red. We we were in we like in black. We was in gray, and now we in light gray. We just going back and forth. I just feel like. But the rest of the province is kinda doing that same thing. Remarkably uncertain times. We're dealing with a record-breaking series of natural disasters. Atlantic hurricane season, flash floods, earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, and wildfires have plagued already reeling communities going from Australia to Turkey. Okay, thousands of people have lost their lives. According to the United Nations uh, Disaster Risk uh, Reductions Office, there has been a rise in climate-related disasters during the last twenty years. Between 1980 to 1999, there were 3,656 climate-related events. Know what? How many we have between 2000 and 2019? 6,681, almost double. Not to mention the coronavirus pandemic. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how our priorities change when things like this occur? Instead of striving for that new job, that new house, that new car, that new outfit, suddenly things like toilet paper (laughs) take on new meaning. Everybody wanted some toilet paper. Praise God. And when you got it, people are fighting over toilet paper. I'm like, never mind, I was going to say something, I ain't going to say it, praise God. (laughs) Survival instincts kick in, and they now become a more important priority as our priority of our lives change and the way of life that we enjoy is threatened. Yet we're privileged. We live in first world, right? We live in the first world with as many benefits, while those that live in the third world are usually more aligned with survival. However, we're now experiencing, even in the first world, what it's like to live In a world that's beyond our control. Unexpectedly, life takes a turn for the worse. It's uncertain. It can be fragile. And eventually, we'll all up into that place that we'd rather not face or deal with. The psalmist talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death in other words you don't know what the future holds for us but i'm telling you if you're born again in jesus christ you know exactly what the future holds for you there was a dark shadow hanging over jerusalem on that sunday morning but momentous events took place that changed everything i'm telling you jesus christ is alive and well and because of that hope is here and so now now we have this this is interesting uh, John uh, gives us the example in John chapter 12 not the example he gives us the story of Jesus' triumphant entry and people can smell that hope is here it's, it's lingering they can smell this fragrance of a king it's the fragrance of hope and they're wondering what's happening now now things have changed because just a week ago we were celebrating his arrival his entry and now things have pivoted I mean life is just one minute we're in lockdown, now now we're not One minute, we're celebrating Jesus. This is what the world is thinking then. And now, he suffered a death like a common criminal. His disciples, his followers have run away from him. Peter denied he ever knew him. Not only denied that he ever knew him, cursed people out to convince them he never knew him. And here we are. So Mary gets up early in the morning. She she goes to the tomb. Now, Mary Magdalene, you have to understand, Mary Magdalene, I can relate to Mary Magdalene. I I wasn't possessed with seven devils, but I had a whole lot of issues. Now, maybe my mom might disagree with that. (laughs) But here's one thing I want you to know. Peter and the other disciples, Mary comes and she's like, wait a second. I got to go tell somebody. So she goes and Peter and the other disciples start out for the tomb. Can you imagine with me for just a moment? These two running, they were both running, but the other disciple, John, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon, Peter arrived and went inside. What I want you to understand is John ran faster, but Peter went further. Don't let the speed of others' progress stop you from the distance of your desired destination. As a matter of fact, can I tell you this is one reason why you shouldn't compare yourself to somebody else because somebody else might be running faster than you, but that's okay. You're going to run further than them. Why? Because there is a hope that's calling you. I'm telling you right now. Why do I believe Peter ran in the ran into that tomb is because he knew. He said, "Lord, I, he looked him in the eyes and said, "I'll never deny you." I'll die first. And then, not only, you know what the Lord said? You'll deny me, and the roosters, you know, the crow will, and that happened. Can you imagine the shame, the heartache, the disappointment, the frustration? And so when Peter hears that the body of the Lord is no longer in the grave, and he's running, he's probably thinking to himself, did he do what he said he was going to do? Did he really defeat hell, death in the grave? Is he greater than my past? Is there a brand new start for me? And as he's running, he's probably getting lost in the possibilities that are abounding when he gets there himself. He probably doesn't even realize that John is ahead of him. And then all of a sudden he gets to the tomb and he just runs right by John. John standing there on the edge. But Peter said, no, there's a hope that's calling me. There's a fragrance that's calling me. There's something that's calling me to look a little further. There's something that's calling me to look a little further and run a little further. Can i tell you now is not the time to give up hope is calling you to keep running hope is calling you to keep pressing hope is calling you to keep reaching hope is calling you to keep running run your race run your race with patience run your race with faith but whatever you do stay in the race look at your neighbor they won't see you through the mass but tell them stay in the race Come on, look at your other neighbor. Tell him, stay in the race. Now is not the time to give up. I'm telling you, now is not the time to give in. Don't worry about who's on the right. Don't worry about who's on the left. You run like the hope that God has called you to. You run with the purpose that God has given you. You run your race. So, he gets there and everything has changed. Now... I wish I had time. I want to unpack a few things that just leap out of the page. Now, I realize for some, depending upon where you are in your faith, this may not necessarily mean as much to you, but that's okay. Over time, and as you study it out, you're going to be like, whoa, this is a really cool thought. The Bible is amazing. So, John chapter 20, verse 11. But Mary, she stood outside the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. Look at verse 12. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Now, the positioning of the angels is important, okay? Because as the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament had two angels positioned on either side or end, I should say, of the mercy seat, okay? Now, what you need to understand is on the most solemn day of the sacred calendar, The Day of Atonement, the blood of the sacrificial goat was sprinkled on the mercy seat for the forgiveness of the Israelites' sins. In other words, what I want you to understand is the mercy seat was a throne in the Holy of Holies, occupied at the time by the invisible, merciful, and forgiving God who had led the Israelites out of Egypt. This now visible God, Jesus had just spilt his blood for an atoning sacrifice so that God could offer mercy and forgiveness to the whole world. He said, for great is thy mercy toward me. And thou hast delivered my soul from hell. I like the song Donnie McClurkin used to sing or still sings Great is your mercy toward me, your loving kindness toward me, your tender mercies I see day after day, forever faithful toward me, always providing for me. Great is your mercy toward me, great is your grace. It's the mercy of God that you and I are here today. I'm telling you right now, this is why I, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying I never, I, I, but it, it breaks my heart if I find myself in that place. I don't have time to look down on people. I don't have time to front on other people. All I know is when I look in the mirror myself, all I can say is, but God. If it had not been for the mercy of God, I wouldn't be here right now. If it had not been for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here right now. Your education is not that important. Your affluence is not gonna get you through. The relationship connections you have are not gonna save you. I'm here to let you know it's nothing but the mercy of God is the reason why you're here today. It's only the grace of God. You need to get over yourself and just say, God, if it had not been for you on my side, where would I be? Does anybody in this house love mercy? Is anybody grateful for the mercy of God? Come on and give him praise. Praise God. Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. Praise God. So now I want you to check this out. Look at verse 13. They say, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they've taken away my Lord and I do not where they have laid him. Mary was overcome with grief and the vicious events of the crucifixion. Now the body was gone. She couldn't even have a personal goodbye, Pastor Mary. And look at verse 14. She turned to leave. She thought that was the end. She thought that was it. She turned to leave. I'm reaching for somebody today. You, you, you see, you you getting ready to leave. I'm in the Holy Ghost. You getting ready to walk away. You getting ready to throw in the towel, but hope. (laughs) (laughs) See, you, you, some of you literally like, I done tried everything else. I I might as well. You getting ready to leave and you about to turn around. Look what happened. Show them the verse. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. Now, watch this. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Lord. I need y'all to hit me. If I could, I would run all over this place. I'm going to just run just for a second this way. Praise God. <laughs> praise God. Okay. Watch this. She didn't recognize him. No, no, no. Go back. Go back. Go back. You getting too quick. Slow down. Praise God. That's okay. You want to just stick with me. Watch me. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Now she's looking with her natural eyes. She's looking at him. I don't recognize you. I don't. I don't know who this is. It's over. It's over. I don't know what they've done with this body. It's it's useless. Just like it's, uh, the marriage is over. My finances or my career is over. It's over. I'm looking at everything. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't see how. It's over. It's over. I I don't recognize hope. I don't recognize future possibilities. I don't even recognize myself. But look at verse 15. Then they said to her, no, 15, excuse me. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? So here's what she thought. She still didn't see him. She thought he was the gardener. So this is how she addressed him. Sir, she asked. She said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I'll go get him. And then, you know what? Look at verse 16. Mary. Now, you know what I believe in this moment? <laughs> he makes it so personal for her. Speaks through the doubt, speaks through everything that she's been through. And I believe at that moment when she was using her natural eyes, all of a sudden, what's that I smell? God, smells like a king, smells like hope. See, remember, you got to keep in mind a, a grave, a tomb. Remember when they buried Lazarus? When Jesus showed up, what'd they say? Like, man, Jesus, you're so late. By now he stinks. So with death, we have a lot of negative connotations. There's a stench with death. Not in that tomb. (laughs) Why? Because the fragrance of hope. You have to realize, I'm telling you, I believe. I believe with all of my heart. The reason why those garments were still left in that tomb is so that you would realize just how bad Jesus Christ tore death up from the floor up. I'm trying to get you to understand that there are no longer negative connotations associated with death. There is no longer is there a stench with death. Death, where is thy victory? Grave, where is thy sting? I can't even smell you because the fragrance of hope is here. Jesus Christ has done a work and we are free. Hope is here. So, Mary, look at, let's go back to 16. Praise God, Mary. Jesus said, she, she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. So she now realizes who she's dealing with. It's not the gardener. <laughs> it's the king of kings and Lord of lords. Now, I don't have all day because I got to wrap up. My media team is telling me, pastor, you're preaching a really long time. They back there flagging me down. They're like, I feel like it's a runaway. They're like, land this plane now. Like, like, bro, you're like, you said 25 minutes, like 30 minutes ago. So I gotta hurry. But here's what I want you to understand. Look at, see this fragrance of hope. When Adam and Eve walked with God during the cool of the day, but when they sinned, sin got in the way of our relationship with God man was hopeless trying to find hope couldn't find it (laughs) but jesus christ restored that in the garden that's where his tomb was (laughs) not the garden of eden but in the garden he made all things new don't you feel that hope today don't you smell the fragrance of hope things abounding things going above and beyond i'm going to ask our musicians to come and here's what i want to share with you today there is nobody else i could preach this all day long (laughs) there is no other king that could vanish or vanquish excuse me the wars of silence and the warrior's rage while riding on the lowly back of a donkey there's no other king who could break the dominion of darkness the tyranny of evil with a reign of grace and a kingdom of peace there's no other king that could give his life for the redemption of rebels and his wealth to welcome the outcast Jesus is that king well you think well maybe I wasn't a rebel I'd beg to differ because we were all born into sin we've all rebelled he i need you to hear me jesus the king of glory the son of the living god not just another king not just another prophet not just another teacher he was the one the world had been waiting for the one to deliver us from captivity the son of david and abraham's chosen seed jesus is that king He is the goal of the Mosaic law, Yahweh in the flesh. He is the one to establish God's reign and rule, to heal the sick, give sight to the blind, freedom to the prisoners, and proclaim the good news to the poor. Jesus is that King. This Jesus was the creator come to earth and the beginning of a new creation. He embodied the covenant, fulfilled the commandments, and reversed the curse. Jesus is that king. I want us all to stand. This Jesus is the Christ that God spoke of to the serpent. The one prefigured to Noah in the flood. The one promised to Abraham. The one guaranteed to Moses before he died. The one promised to David during his reign. The one revealed to Isaiah, a suffering servant. The one predicted through the prophets and prepared through John the Baptist. He is the savior of the world and our substitute for sin. More loving, more holy, and more wonderfully terrifying than we ever thought possible. He is our Jesus, and there is no other King like Him. He is our God. He is our glory. He is our victorious Savior. There is no other King like Him. As a matter of fact, there is no other King except Him. He is the King. defeated death hell and the grave and he is alive forevermore somebody give him praise somebody give him worship somebody give him glory somebody bless his holy name so today I preached entirely too long But what is Christianity without the resurrection? What is Christianity without hope? The tomb had the fragrance of hope. Consuelo, that fragrance still lingers today. I could even preach, if you've received the Spirit of God, how you should be wearing that fragrance. But that's another sermon for another time. But today God is reaching for you. There is (laughs) hope. I do not know what you're up against, but hope is here. (laughs) I do not know what you're facing. Hope is here. I do not know what the doctor said. Hope is here. I do not know what the attorney said. Hope is here. I do not know what your bank account says. Hope is here. I do not know what your past says, but hope is here. I do not know what your dream said last night. Hope is here. I don't know what your mama said, what your daddy said, what your spouse said. Hope is here. I don't care you what was, I'm telling you right now, I don't care what your professor said. Hope is here.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends. ExtraordinaryChurch.ca We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at ExtraordinaryChurch.ca We'd love to hear from you.